thank y'all for joining us. If you're watching this, appreciate you joining us. We're, what we're doing is we're taking, uh, we're trying to use the quarantine season or period um, to put out more content uh, for a couple of reasons. One, there's not much happening at Snowbird. There's, you know, no groups coming here. So we've got some time. It's been really good. I've been able to do some things that we don't typically have the time to do. One of the things we want to do is put out um, a series of videos where we're, at, where we're answering questions that have been asked on our social media um, platforms. Welcome to No Sanity Required from the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. And so we're going to jump right into it with, with discussion. One of, the, one of the things I wanted to talk about is um, there was a question about verbal plenary. Plenary, that's right. Um, inspiration. Mm-hmm. And first, I've, I've heard that. <clears throat> and sometimes I feel like there's this pressure to use really big, smart words where, honestly, we could use words that that are more common to people's everyday <laughs> vernacular i don't use the word plenary ever um, but i believe what verbal plenary means it simply means that all of scripture is inspired so like um second timothy three sixteen, all scripture is inspired by god the word inspired means breathed out or that it comes from god so um plenary where does that come from plenary just means all it just means everything. So verbal is words. Well, the words are inspired. Plenary means all of them. All of the, we believe that all of the words are inspired. All the words of Scripture are inspired. Now, this this I want to. So that that's a simple, easy answer. But that's going to for me that automatically then gets into the discussion of Bible translations. And I don't know if that's. It, I don't think there's a. A question that has to do with Bible translations, but I think I'd like to insert that here because it's something that that we talk about. So when we say all of Scripture, all of the words of Scripture are inspired, um, we mean in the original texts, mm-hmm. and we did not originally, God did not originally inspire the Scriptures in the English language. How how did the Bible come to? to mankind and linguistically. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, the, again, theologians will use, uh, more complicated words than they need to. Right. So we will say that we believe that every word in the original autographs, so autographs, it just means what they wrote with their hands. The first, the first thing were written down and we, and the reason why people say verbal plenary is because we do want to pay attention to every word that's in the Bible. Because there are times in the Bible where even where like Jesus will make a theological point based on the grammar, based on the exact words. Like I remember in Luke when he's being um, tested and he's talking about the the Sadducees are saying, how can there be a resurrection? Remember, it's like the, the story of uh this guy had a this guy got married and he died without an heir and then his brother married her and then his brother and his brother was seven of them and and he uses and right after that he says well of talking about the resurrection that god is he, he when he appears to moses he says i am the god of abraham isaac and jacob well abraham isaac and jacob by the time he appears to moses are dead 
but he says, I am. And he's saying, that's a, he's saying present tense, mm. present tense, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, meaning that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are alive somewhere. So they're alive in the resurrection. So he's making a, so the reason why it's so important for us to remember every word is because there are theological points that we need to be, we can make on every word that's being used. So it's super cool because we have the Bible. The Bible was originally written Old Testament and Hebrew, New Testament and Greek, but we have it faithfully translated. And what's cool is we have a lot of really good, reliable English translations, and we can go back and compare them to the Hebrew and Greek. So that's really cool. Um, and as far as English translations, you know, anytime we translate from one language to another, there's going to be there's going to be differences in the words that are used, and every interpreter has to use their own just wisdom and judgment in making those interpretations. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have different translations that have different words, but they're all can, they all contain the word of God. They're all saying the same thing. I think uh, for people that are watching or listening to this, it's real important to recognize, and and I do think it's you know we joke about the the terminology verbal plenary, but I do think it's important to have words that are not common everyday words that we can sort of establish so that it helps us to remember. And then, and there's a more of a, like a weightiness to it. And, but then also I, I know that early in my preaching and teaching ministry, I had, I had a bad habit of just sort of making something mean what I wanted it to mean in the moment. You know, like I would preach and say, and here this means, and, but it didn't really mean that. And, and the more that I began to like fear the Lord and, and fear um, the repercussions of my action and handling the scripture, um, then it, then, uh, my preaching became cleaner and, and more faithful because if I recognize every single word that I read was, was intentionally put there by the Holy spirit. It's not like a thought for thought idea from God and we'll get the, you know, we'll yeah. get the gist of it. Cause, cause I think uh, a lot with the verbal plenary theory, like, uh, what you're trying to figure out is how did God actually give them the words like back in the originals? Cause some people will say, well, some guys just wrote some stuff and man, it's really inspirational. It's inspired. And some other people would be like, no, God actually sat down with Peter and was like, right. And right. But right. Mm. The, but the verbal plenary is like God allowed them to use their own personalities, their own phrasing, but it came out exactly how he wanted to where you have those you know, things like the, I am the God of these guys who mm-hmm. already did. So he, he let them run with their own phrasing, but he was really controlling it the whole time. A little, you know, uh, different than those guys that would say, it's just inspired, it's inspirational. Mm-hmm. Or those guys that say every single word exactly. But it, it came out to be every single word exactly right. what God wanted it to be. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, it's so important. It's so important because um, I'm odd. I wouldn't dare like take cheap shots at people, but a lot of preaching today is you, you see a deficiency in the, in the communicator, the preacher and his understanding of this idea that every word is inspired where he takes license. The, uh, Rob and I, one of our favorite, you know, you've got the sermons that stand out in your mind. And there was one that we, Really appreciated that guy. I think it was a Gospel Coalition message. Oh, yeah. Remember that guy? And yeah. he preached on 
on this. He was talking about because I remember he made the point going along with what you're saying about how critical the tense is. Where he's talking about the writer of Hebrews saying the spirit expressly or essentially says, and he says it in present tense, and then he quotes something David wrote Mm -hmm. a thousand years earlier. And he says, right now, this writer was was saying the spirit says present tense, and he quotes, that's right, he quotes something that's a thousand years old. today. So then, that's right, so then when the scripture says that the word of God is living and active. If those words, if every word is not inspired and we don't recognize that every word is inspired, then the word of God cannot be living and active. It's sort of like uh, I've got a friend who's got his heart is 30, 30% of the, the tissue in his heart is dead. And so um, there is a part of his heart that is living and active and it's having to sustain life for the rest of him. And it creates an inefficient quality of life. So this guy's in his mid-40s. He looks healthy. He's just got a condition. But if he walks from here to the metal building, he's out of breath because his heart's running on 70%. 30% of it is dead. If we don't recognize that every word of of, of, of the scriptures are inspired by God, then there will start to be dead spots in our understanding of scripture. Then we're not going to run on a 100% efficient view of scripture where it's all speaking to the reader, the hearer, that in that same sermon, the guy said, the word of God is judging me. I'm not judging the scripture. Yeah. Well, if 70% of it is inspired and 30% of it is licensed by man, then what part's judging me? Yeah. Now I'm doing the judging. So this is, I believe this is a life and death topic when it comes yeah. to how we view yeah. the scripture for sure, and how we preach it, how we read it, how, which um, gets into like personal devotion life and, and how I read the Bible day to day. Um, it's very, it, I think it's, it, th- there are certain things we can agree to disagree on. We cannot budge when it comes to, to this idea. Yeah. I know for me personally, this, I've been challenged with this in my own personal life. Um, this in the, for, I guess in the fall, just studying to teach for the college, <clears throat> for the college retreat, because, you know, there are passages in scripture that are difficult and that are so countercultural that, you know, it, there are times where I almost wince. I'm like, man, it says that. And I got real convicted because we, I can't allow myself to be the judge of the Bible. I can't allow myself to say, oh, man, well, I wish this was in there. Or I wish you'd said mm-hmm. it this way. Because mm-hmm. then I'm saying, okay, this is God and this is me. Mm-hmm. I'm the one looking down saying, I wish God had done it this way. And that was super convicting because, you know, especially when we were, you know, thinking through like with Rhett and Link, like what happened with Rhett and Link is that they decided they were putting themselves above God and above scripture. They said, well, these are things in the Bible that I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold to this. And so what happened is then that just left them say, well, like what you're saying, well, I cut out this 30% of the Bible. Once you do that, you've now established yourself as an authority over the Bible and then the Bible's meaningless anyway. Mm-hmm. And so you have, you, you, there's the only logical thing is you just throw it all out. So that's where we, especially we're talking about, is this, is it from man or is it from God? Well, it's both that God used men and what, what you were getting at in second Timothy, he breathed out through men. And so the end product is exactly what he wanted. And that is what is supposed to inform our thinking. It, it, it stands in judgment over us. We don't stand in judgment over it. It's a big, because we can't. 
We can't just be like, ooh, that's just a problem passage. We need to do the hard work, figure out what it's saying, what did it say to the original audience, and what, is the, what are the implications now, and then we hold that up. This is God's word, and it is good, regardless of how culturally acceptable it is. Yeah, regardless of how acceptable it is in our culture, and we don't have to apologize for yeah. that. We, we can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, treat it like it's a family member you're ashamed of, right? Like distancing yourself instead of going, all right, if God would claim me as a sinner, yeah. you know, and then to see it on the other side of being the devotional aspect, what you're saying with what the writer of Hebrews says, and that being true of all scripture, like God is talking to me today, where yeah, we come to whether our favorite passage or difficult passage, but we see it all as, I'm literally spending time with God. Like God right. is literally speaking to me mm-hmm. right now, presently, like in person. And, you know, and it doesn't always feel that way, but if we know it to be true, yeah, then, then we gladly submit to the word of God and gladly wrestle through difficult passages. And that time is always meaningful. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.